Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will recap the week that was, namely reflections on the highly anticipated Fed policy meeting, as well as the October jobs numbers. Plus, we will preview some points of interest in the week ahead. Joining me here for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Brian Rose, Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Brian, welcome. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks very much. Nice to be with you. So, Brian, perhaps a good starting point is the October jobs report. We did receive the data just a few moments ago. So can you provide a first look for us, speak to your take, reflections on how the data measured up relative to your expectations heading in? So overall, it was a strong report. Finally, after a couple of disappointments, a strong report that came through. So you had non-farm payrolls up 531,000. And on top of that, there were upward revisions that added another 235,000. Especially September, which initially looked very weak, uh, was revised to well up. So now reading 312,000. And the whole underlying trend just looks better because you have this strong number for October and, and the upward revisions. Three-month moving average almost up to 500,000 uh, a month now. So again, a- after the last two months, it looked like you know what's going on. Payrolls are weak, but now it looks like yeah, there is, we actually are seeing strong job growth. That private payrolls up 604,000 in October. So these are really good numbers. Unemployment rate down another two tenths to 4.6 percent, and uh, average hourly earnings also very solid, four tenths month on month. And this is really important because, you know, there aren't any more government checks going out. Uh, important that wages rise to help support household income. So you have you know, good job growth, good wage growth, and this will support, you know, uh, household spending going forward. Brian, thank you for recapping the October jobs numbers, providing some reflections, and the futures heading into the open in about 20 minutes from now seem to like the data as well. Though outside of the jobs numbers, Brian, what were some other notable macro data releases this past week? So I'd say the highlights for the week were the PMIs, the ISM PMI releases, especially the services PMI hitting a new record high in October, 667 and uh, really both the manufacturing and the services telling the same story, which is that businesses are simply unable to keep up with strong demand. There are labor shortages, logistical problems, material shortages, and they simply, you know, they're saying we could sell more, we could do more business, but we can't because of these uh, shortages. And this is creating inflationary pressure when you know, demand is uh, stronger than uh, supply, that uh, that puts upward pressure on prices to uh, to you know, make the supply demand the balance again. So, uh, you know, very very strong the numbers, but again, suggesting that inflation will be with us for for a while. Uh, we also had a record trade deficit, just including both goods and services, a eighty one billion dollar deficit in one month for for September. So. Uh, you know, the strength of demand is pulling in imports and making that, that deficit to go wider. And the one other thing to mention is, is that it sounds like the House will vote on both fiscal packages today. So 
the bipartisan infrastructure the package. That's already passed the Senate. The House uh, should vote on that. And assuming they pass it, that's it. It's done, ready to be sent to Biden for his, his signature. And uh, if they vote uh, on the Build Back Better uh, program, well, that uh, you know still has to go to the Senate. It's likely to be changed in the Senate. So uh, you know that there's some work to get that one uh, through. But uh, again, uh, it does look like that that vote will take place today. Yet we're tracking Washington very closely, Brian, and more to come there. We'll keep our eyes on this. I do want to stick with Washington, though, turn to the Fed for a few moments. Now, the outcome of this week's highly anticipated policy meeting, it was largely expected. Though, what are your takeaways from the policy statement, Brian, as well as Fed Chair Jerome Powell's speech, which followed the statement release? Right. So the bottom line seems to be that the Fed's willing to stay patient as they taper their QE asset purchases. So based on what they uh, announced this week, those QE purchases should wrap up uh, around uh, the middle of the year. And over that period, you know, the Fed will stay patient, even though they expect inflation to be strong, you know, over the next few months. I was talking about how these shortages are likely to persist in the near term. Um, But once the tapering is over, that's when the Fed might lose patience. If you, know, you still see a lot of inflationary pressure at that point, then what could happen is they'll start to raise rates even though the labor market hasn't reached full employment yet. So you know, this is the Fed's goal is to you know, reach full employment before they start to, to hike. But if inflation is too high, and Powell talked a lot about that balance or balancing the, the risks, and inflation is still too high, even if the labor market's a little bit short of full employment, you know, they may just start the raising the rates anyway, because at some point you have, the Fed has to defend price stability. They can't just let inflation uh, go uh, out, out of control. And so, you know, the thing though is that after, after this morning's payroll data, it looks like, you know, it may not be that long to reach full employment. So, uh, you know, if, if you can get 500,000 payrolls every month, you're not that far uh, away. So, uh, you know, very interesting comments from Powell. And I'm looking to see what other FOMC members have to say. And, you know, we'll, we're going to be getting those comments out uh, in the days ahead. See, you know, just how hawkish overall the Fed uh, is, is sounding. So sticking with Fed Chair Powell for a few more moments, Brian, how soon before President Biden might announce his pick for Fed chief? Yeah, that could be any day now. It could be that Biden's waiting for these, you know, the votes on the fiscal packages before he announces the test. You know, the last thing he needs is some big uh, disruption uh, ahead, of the, ahead of the votes. Um, but it should be, should be pretty soon. And uh, I guess Powell better than even chance of being uh, reappointed. I think, uh, you know, Biden doesn't want to rock the boat. And the easiest thing may be reappoint Powell and then appoint uh, Lael Brainard to be vice chair for supervision, the one who's most responsible for bank regulation. You know, this is where some of the progressives want someone tougher uh, on the banks, and Brainard would fit the, the bill. And I think everyone more or less would be satisfied if, if that's what Biden does. Okay, so looking ahead to next week, Brian, what else is taking place that you'll be keeping an eye on that could move markets? So there is some key data out the next week. 
you have the NFIB survey small businesses and also the JOLTS job opening. So you know, both of those are relevant to this whole discussion about the, the state of the labor market. And then the critical release, CPI, so obviously a lot of attention on uh, the inflation numbers uh, these days. And then we'll also get the University of Michigan survey of consumer sentiment. Sentiment has been weaker uh, lately. And uh, another key aspect of that report is inflation expectations. So another thing that is focused on, in addition to actual inflation, is expectations. And the, the expectations from this report uh, you know, is, is a key number to watch out for. Plenty to look out for in the week ahead, though. Brian, very timely and productive conversation today. Great catching up with you as always, and we'll look forward to picking back up with the conversation soon. Though in the meantime, have a great weekend, Brian. Thanks again for joining us. Okay, you too. Thanks very much. Thank you, Brian. And again, today we've been joined by Brian Rose, Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Move podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 